Hello and welcome to Money Mondays with Artist Keith, the podcast. The reason why I say the podcast is because we've been live streaming Money Mondays through Facebook for about a year and a half. Now we have a podcast available through Podbean. I'm your host, Artist Keith. And if this is your first time listening to a Money Mondays episode, you're in for a treat. We talk about all personal money-related matters. We talk about investing, we talk about stocks, we talk about calculating dividend yields, we talk about things as small as practices for saving money, we talk about things as broad and as impactful as wills and trusts, we talk about really how to save your money and utilize it the best, improving your credit. All of these things fall under personal money matters, and that's what Money Mondays is here to help you with. Take any intimidating thing and we'll talk about it and put it in its simplest terms so you can be empowered. All right. We look forward to you following us throughout the life of Money Mondays. And as we post new episodes and we post old episodes, we hope that we help you in your Money Mondays journey. Yeah, right. <laughs> So we're here. Uh, it's another Money Mondays. I'm here with Justin Perryman with uh, Perryman Law Firm. So you can visit PerrymanLawFirm.com. And we're sitting kind of close because for some reason the horizontal view on the camera told us to make a vertical view. So whatever the case is, still going to have fun. Um, Justin and I were just sitting here talking about his path back to St. Louis. Uh, and one of his stops was in Houston. Of course, people who know me know I spent time between St. Louis and Houston growing up. So with Money Mondays, this is our part two of our Wills and Trusts episode. And um, we just wanted to have a discussion. Justin came highly recommended. Uh, the last Wills and Trusts episode or discussion, I keep saying episode because we're moving the podcast, but um, uh, we had a discussion with Mika Hall and she gave great information. And so a great part two follow-up is with Justin and he's going to talk to us about uh, partly his practice, but more importantly, wills and trusts. And he also has some information to uh, refer for you to look at online. But again, if you want to get in touch with Justin throughout the course of uh, this discussion, you can always email us at uh, moneymondays at artistkeith.com. Moneymondays at artistkeith.com. Also, if you have any questions uh, while this is happening, we'll take a few questions during the end of this uh, discussion. But we want to make sure that when people are checking in and looking at this live stream, that they're able to get information that they find helpful. So, of course, as you know, uh, we're rolling a lot of these uh, segments into a podcast. We've covered uh, blockchain technology and Bitcoin. We've covered college financing, commercial banking, investment banking, uh, insurance. So, again, we want to bring information to viewers and people watching the live stream that can be helpful in their wealth management, personal wealth planning, and things that are going to mitigate and lower risk. So uh, as we've mentioned in some past discussions, we're also going to uh, do a credit score improvement private stream. So at any rate, we got Justin. I'm going to stop talking as much because you all know I can I can talk and we're going to introduce Justin. So Justin, I appreciate you, well, thank you coming on again. And, um, you know, we talked about some things that were important. But in this case, I'm going to let you start where you want to start with regards to estate planning, and then I'll let you lead the discussion, and then I'm going to jump in. <laughs> well, great. Um, I will tell you, Keith, to start off with, 
I try to avoid the term estate planning. All right, scratch that. No, not estate planning. And, and, and I'll tell you why. And we kind of talked about this. People, when they hear estate planning, they're thinking about people who have a whole lot of money. And they're thinking, I can't afford this. It doesn't apply to me. This is something for the Rockefellers and the rich folks. But the reality is, is that we all need to prepare for our future. Because there's one certainty, right? And, yeah. uh, and death, death, right? death and taxes. Death and taxes. <laughs> and we won't address the taxes right now. So I like to call it preparing your life documents. Okay. These are just documents that everybody should have. And, I mean, we all think about things that we need. I mean, you wouldn't go out in the day without your keys and your credit card and your driver's license. Well, it's the same thing with life documents. In other words, your, your driver's license, you don't use it every day. Right. I mean, it's not something that someone says, hey, Keith, can I see your driver's license? That's not the first thing you hear. Your keys, of course, are, are important. They're becoming less important now that cars are just you know, opening right. and closing without right. the key. But the fact is, it's the same with life documents. You need them when you need them. And they're not always for you, they're for others. And I tell people, if you want to do something for your family, have good documents. Because the worst thing that happens is when there's a tragedy in your life and you call upon friends and family and they say, well, do you have a power of attorney? You know, did you prepare things? Or, you know, God forbid there's a death and you don't have a will. Well, there's a will been prepared for you. It's by the state. Right, right, right. But it may not be the way you want things designated. And the people who will suffer are often the people you care most about. And so estate planning is a wonderful term. I know in law school we talked about estate planning. But when I talk to my friends and family and people that I care about, I say, hey, do you have life documents? Because that sounds personal. You know, because everyone wants to have something, you know, that's important to them. And so, you know, I tell them, let's start with the very basics. Do you have a will? And people most of the time... They will either say, well, yes, I, I think I have something. But the reality is they don't. They're embarrassed to tell me that they don't even have a will. Yeah, we were just talking about uh, some of your friends and associates not having wills. And so you got a friend that's an attorney that focuses in, in this area, and yet a lot of people still, you know, don't have wills and trust because, you know, it just it becomes a secondary thought. It does. Uh, so what, what can you do to get people to think about it as more of a primary thing? What, you know... I, um, I'll mention uh, Mika Hall, who was in here a couple of weeks ago, and she was talking about using trust as a way to uh, manage and mitigate certain risks and, and some other things. What can you do to make people prioritize wills and trust now? What are some ideas? Well, it's kind of sad to say, but having a family member who needed a power of attorney, you know, they're at the hospital, and the doctor says, what do you want to do with your mother or your grandmother or your friend? And you give your advice and they say, you know, you may not be authorized to make that decision. And the doctor says, had they had a power of attorney, this could have been so much easier. And when it's a life or death situation, you don't want to have to start worrying about whether you are drawing up documents or looking for documents. You want to have that stuff there for you. Or a will, a family member who dies without a will and it goes through probate. And before you know it, the lawyers are making money and they're taking valuable assets that were saved over a lifetime and wasting it for what? For a few hours and a few hundred bucks of your, you know, your hard-earned dollars. So I tell people the best lesson I can, you know, give is when somebody has an experience that was negative and they realize, hey, I should. If they didn't have it, why don't I take care of it? Okay. okay. So what what are the first steps? You know, you had talked about this resource guide. Should someone contact an attorney first, or should they look at the resource guide and say, hey, look, this is something that 
I can look through, and then when I actually have some questions, then contact me. Well, what you're referring to, and I'll just kind of show this, uh, this is a document put together by uh, the Missouri Bar Association. Okay. And it's just a wonderful resource. They've got really smart lawyers there. They get together, and over time, they put together a free resource that you can Google. And if you re uh, Google estate planning or probate or wills, Missouri, this is inevitably going to come up. And this is just a 40-page document that walks you through the basics, but quotes the actual law. Okay. And it just tells you straight up, hey, this is what you need, this is what you don't need, and if you're going to go this route, you may or may not need an attorney. And most of the time, they recommend an attorney. Because the reality is, is that while you can get wills online, it may not be specific for Missouri. You don't know if it's been updated with the new laws that are passed in every uh, session from the legislature. And you want to make sure that your documents are good documents. Remember, just grabbing keys out of your your pile of keys, it doesn't mean you, it'll turn on your car. So just having documents doesn't necessarily mean that it'll accomplish the goal that you, you set out. Yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's, again, that's another good perspective. Tell me what have been some of the, uh, the worst horror stories that you've seen? I mean, I know you probably can you know, talk about at least one or at least one that you've heard about where somebody didn't have uh, a will or a trust and, and they lost a significant amount of income or they, you know, some, something where um, just the, the detriment in addition to power of attorney, it became a problem. Because normally the cost of probate is about what percentage of your... Well, it's a sliding scale. Okay. But it, so it, the more it, you have, the more they're going to take. The more it costs, that's right. But the fact is, is that there are simple ways to minimize the cost of probate. And it's just through preparation. And some of this stuff is just free of charge. And I'll give you an example, the pay on death. You go and open up a checking account. There's two simple things you can do. You can have a, a joint account with a, a family member. So if you're more advanced age and you choose a daughter or a son to be on your checking account, when you pass, it just automatically transfers. It doesn't even go through probate. Or you can have, if you don't want to go that route because you fear losing a little control, you can have a pay on death. It's just a simple document that the bank will provide you. It says that upon my demise, this goes to this grandson, or it goes to that child, or it goes to this charity. And it just simply avoids probate. So, so maybe, maybe the concern for a lot of people with wills and trusts is the understanding of them, but maybe there's some people out there that understand them. And maybe now they think that it might be cost prohibitive. So maybe they say, okay, you know, it might cost me X amount of dollars to get a will prepared. It might cost me X amount of dollars to get a trust prepared. Can you give people like price ranges on on average that certain aspects of preparation might cost? I mean, you can only speak for you, but I mean, you have other um, attorney colleagues. What are some What are the, some of the price ranges so people realize? Well, yeah, I will tell you that the easiest way to do it is to join the United States military. I'm going to put in a little plug for, for Uncle Sam, because then I do your will for free. Okay, okay. Now, so uh, National Reserves, right? Okay. I'm in the National right, Guard, right. so, National Guard. Okay. and I've done probably a 1,000, and okay. uh, unfortunately a few of them have been used. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is that for a few hundred bucks, usually you get a consultation. Okay. You're a consultant. You know your, your time is valuable. I tell people, come sit down with me. I usually will talk to them for 30 minutes for free. After that, I ask them, hey, look, you know, let's engage in, in an agreement where I'm consulting you. But if you just want a simple package that involves, you know, five documents, including your will, we're starting at 500 bucks. If you want to trust, 
you're at a thousand. That includes your five documents. Now these are the basic documents. You know, if you come into me with kids from multiple families, you've got multiple houses in different uh, states. You know, you've got over a million in assets. Obviously, you're going to want me to charge you more because you're going to want more paperwork. Right, right, right. But for the average person, you're talking just a few hundred bucks. And the reason we do it is because the reality is is that if you do somebody's will and prepare their documents, usually there's ancillary business that comes right. later. You being a consultant, you know that sometimes you have to give a little to you know to get oh, an yeah. income stream oh, yeah. later. We, we know that. <laughs> right. So the reality is I use it as an introduction to hopefully get involved more in your business life and you know your financial planning or whatever it may be, and then refer that out to friends you know yeah. who are in that business. Gotcha. So I mean we're really looking at um, if you're talking about five hundred bucks and somebody wants to leave. I don't know, fifty thousand dollars to somebody. So we're really looking at, let's see, fifty-five, five hundred. That's that's really one percent. That's exactly right. That's and you're going to pay that in the probate fee yeah. right away. Yeah. So if I can help you avoid that probate fee, then this is literally free of charge. Yeah. I mean, and that's and that's so you know, again, if you're looking at a trust and somebody's leaving a, you know, a basic trust, somebody's leaving a hundred thousand dollars. Again, we're looking at one percent. So. You know, if you're looking at it currently or if you're looking at it long term, 1% is a very small amount to pay for the type of peace of mind and the type of preparation you'll need to take care of um, the wealth that you want to leave. That's right. And you had asked a, a horror story, and I have a current one, which I'll share with you. I'll, I'll keep the names very generic. Yeah, please. But uh, I've been working with somebody to uh, sell a piece of property. I do real estate, and I get a call often. Hey, can you help me sell this property? I thought it was going to be an easy sale, but the title company at the last minute tells me there's an issue with the title. And I asked him, I said, Isn't well, it always? <laughs> that's right. And I said, Well, what seems to be the problem? He said, Well, I inherited this property from a family member. I'm the sole child. The problem is, is that when mother died, she gave the property to my father. And then when he passed, he had a will, he gave it to me. Mother didn't have a will, passed it to the husband. Husband granted it to him, had a will. They thought everything was fine, but what they realized, it was still titled in mother and father's name. And now they don't have good title. Now the property's not a whole lot of money, but the issue is the buyer on the other side is considering suing the individual because they can't perform on a contract. Right. So he's actually in a position that he may be turning this property over free of charge oh, wow. to somebody. And he says, where did we go wrong? I said, you didn't do anything wrong. The fact is, is that we all think we're going to live forever. Right. Nobody ever anticipated that his mother was going to die young. So that's, you know that's the kind of horror story that, that happens to good people who do plan. That hits close to home because uh, we, <laughs> we, we were just having, a uh, cousin and I were having a discussion about some clarity on some things very similar to that space. So... That is, uh, that's something that coincidentally hits very close to home. Um, and so, yeah, that, you never know where that'll come back to, to, to bite you. So preparation at every level. So that's, that's, a, that's definitely a, a good thing to, uh, to reflect on. What are some other things that um, you think that are unusual uh, that people normally don't discuss regarding wheels and or trucks? Well, I'll give you another example. My son, he just turned 21. He's a great kid, and uh, a year ago he was uh, he was struggling a little bit in school, and he just turned himself around, 
And I told him, I said, look, you get yourself into college, you start doing the right thing, and I'm going to get you that truck you want. Well, nice. And so we bought him a used truck. It's an old Toyota. Spent $5,000 on it, and he just loves it. And he told me, I said, you know, in the event something happened to you, what would you do with your truck? He says, I want my younger brother to have it. And I said, well, would you mind if I, if I put together a will for you? He goes, well, why? And I said, well, if you don't have a will, there's no guarantee that either your mother or I won't take that truck. Now, I was just playing a game with it. I'm not going to take my younger you know, son's truck. But the fact is, he said, you really think I need a will? And I said, I do. I said, it's very simple. We'll make it real easy. We'll just put it on a few lines. But it lets you designate where you're going to, you know, to put your few assets. Okay. And the reason I use this is because then I went to other family members and said, you know, my son got a will. And they're like, your son? Are you kidding me? And I said, yeah, because he wants to make sure that his brother gets his truck. And it started, you know, resonating with them. And you, you asked, what's one of the techniques that I use to get people off the fence? That's a good idea. And, you know, he did it. And I said, you know, at some point I'd like to get you to, you know, sign a power of attorney. And he said, why is that? And I said, well, what would happen if you're in the hospital? And I said, for me, it's relatively easy. You know, I can make some decisions for you. But you're going to be older soon, and it's not automatic that I get to see your health records. Right. And I tried to explain to him about HIPAA. And, you know, try explaining a 21-year-old kid about HIPAA. You know, that's tough enough for you and I to understand. <laughs> he couldn't believe that I just don't have access to his documents. Same way you don't have access to his school documents. That's right. Well, he won't sign the, uh, the release of his school documents just yet. But uh, so I told him, I said, one of the things that I've done for you is I've now made you, ac- you have access on my power of attorney to help make decisions with family members for me. And he says, why? And I said, because I love you, I respect you, and I value your opinion. And including him in the planning process now will make it easier for me later to include him on the big decisions. Yeah. And it's enabled him to start acting more like an adult. And I told him, I said, hey, you've got the power of life or death over me. And for him, that was a big thing, a really big thing. So it becomes, I hate to say it like this, but it really becomes uh, another area for families to bond. You know, to really get a better understanding of the relationships and structures there. So for those who are watching, who are already familiar with wills and and trusts, can we have a, a brief discussion about maintenance? So, you know, you, you, you get a document or a series of documents created, um, but the reality of it is that it's, it's really a, a living document. So as what you want to assign evolves, how often should maintenance be performed on that, or what's the strategy for addressing that? So, for instance, a person assets grow. They acquire something new, uh, something else happens. What's the strategy? Is it, is it just a flat, hey, every year you should check in with an attorney? Because now, you know, maybe that becomes a little expensive. Or is it something that um, you do it as you're aware you're adding assets? What do you think is the best practice for that? Well, you, you stumble upon something real important. And that is that every year of your life, you need to be focusing on this, this gut check. Where am I today? Am I better off? You know, am I worse off? And who are the people that help me get where I am? And every year I try to work with my financial planner. Believe it or not, I even have an attorney, even being an attorney. Yeah, you better. Right. <laughs> and I said, my CPA, you know, probably one of my most trusted people. And then for me, I have someone who helps me with my insurance. Right. Because 
as your house change, your car change, you, you just forget to call people. And when that friend calls you and says, hey, did you add any vehicles? Did you change anything with your house? Did you uh, put a new deck on your house like I did the other day? You know, that deck now adds to the value and I need to increase the amount of my homeowner's insurance. Right. But the deck also created additional liability because now I'm going to have 100 people on that deck. Something happens to them. Right. You know, I may have to increase you know, my insurance coverage. Right. So I tell people, as soon as I help you create your, your life documents or anybody, you immediately scan them and you send those to individuals. Because the easiest thing you and I do on a daily basis is lose things. And I can lose a will faster than you can do almost anything. But if you have a copy, I mean, ideally you want the original, mm -hmm. but you disperse those copies out to the people that you know have some say in it, mm -hmm. that's important. Okay. And then those people start to watch over you. Okay. you know, I just turned 50 this past Saturday. And you know, I started. Happy birthday, well, man! Thank I you. Wish that we would have had a cake, man. We had all that stuff. You should have told me. I know. I'm sorry, but uh, so you know, when you turn 50, all of a sudden things start to come. They're for real, right? Because you start having friends who are passing away, friends who are getting cancer, friends who are obviously divorcing. People are going to the hospital. So for me, it, it touches home a whole lot. But the reality is, is that you need to start accelerating more and more where you review things. It's kind of like with your doctor. You know, they tell you, come back in a year or two. Once you hit 50 or even older, you need to start reviewing things more often. Right, right. That's a good, I mean, it's, it's a good practice. It's a good philosophy. And definitely now is the time that people should be planning. And I don't think there's a certain age. You said your son was 21. So I think if somebody's watching this now, then now's the time. That's exactly you know, there, right. There's no time like the present. So, um, yeah, and, and you and I both being in business understand the value of having uh, several eyeballs on things so you know with your accountant and looking at your dashboard with, with finances and that type of thing it's all valuable to have additional eyeballs looking at things that are of value to you and your family so yeah, yeah. that's exactly right yeah that's this, this is all again this is all a great um, conversation for people that need to be aware of the value and impact of wills and trusts and just um, life preparation you know like you mentioned we're not here Forever. And, um, you know, we have to do as much as we can to make sure that generational wealth, uh, as well as just current uh, risk mitigation, you know, protection is in place. So that's why I think that these types of conversations are always good to have um, because sometimes people don't know what they don't know. And, exactly you right. know, I know a lot about a lot of stuff, but I don't know everything about everything. So it's good to to have people have a discussion um, about these types of topics. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Well, you, you had touched on a little bit about trust, and I think that's an important okay. thing. So I tell people these are the basic documents that you need. You need a will. You need a health care power of attorney. You need a durable or statutory power attorney, which kind of manages your finance. I think you need a physician's directive or a living will, which basically says, hey, in the event that there's no chance of meaningful recovery, I do or do not want extraordinary efforts to prolong my life. I think you need a HIPAA release document that says, hey, Keith is a dear friend of mine. If you need to share medical information, he's authorized. And you put the people who are authorized. And then finally, a revocable trust at minimum. And the reason I say revocable, because it can be changed. Right. You can pull it back. And the reason in Missouri that's important is because of the cost of probate and the difficulty of probate. The reality is, that while it's not horrible, 
The fact is that if you put an asset inside a trust, and they're relatively inexpensive, they're easy to do, and they're cancelable. You know, you can change and modify them. You're enabling a process which avoids probate and simplifies your life. And in the case of where you have children that are young, you have family members that potentially may be a beneficiary that have challenges, whether it's autism or they have a physical disability. Trusts are a great way of managing property and assets over a long period of time because wills are meant to be probated you know, in a short period of time, six or a year. But a trust can last a lifetime. And it's just a really great instrument for a low cost for managing assets. You talk about generational wealth. People who have money have lots of documents. And the way that they keep their kids from screwing up is through trusts. And you don't have to have a whole lot of money to benefit from the tools that wealthy people have been using for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that is the truth. It's, um, it's, just, it's, it's awareness. It's awareness, understanding, and then just the eventual commitment to do it. That's right. So, yeah, that's, um, but it's hard to talk about. It's hard to talk about, and it's hard to do, and it's hard to stay on top of it. And, you know, and, and just like anything else is that it, it has to be on the forefront of what you're thinking. You know, just like scheduling doctor's appointments. You know, it's like, ah, oh, you, know, you know you need to have at least one physical year. And you're like, oh, before you know it, it's October. I forgot to get my annual physical. You know, so all that type of stuff is, uh, is important. Man, it's, uh, these, are, these are just topics and things that we all have to discuss. And I appreciate you coming on and discussing it. Thanks about it. You know, we don't we don't spend a whole lot of time. We try, try to get to the crux of the matter, let people get information, get in and get out. But um, uh, just like when Mika was here, Justin has been uh, amazing in offering information. So if anybody has any questions, uh, feel free to email us at moneymondays at artistkeith.com. Also, um, Justin at perrymanlaw.com. Want to make sure. Um, everybody's that's P-E-R-R-Y-L-A-W.com. And again, uh, we welcome any questions, any ideas you may have. I'm going to look real quick because I think we had a couple questions or comments. Okay, so Saidia, we answered her question. Man, it's difficult when we don't have JP here just to yell out <laughs> the questions. Shout out to JP. Oh, you know Ralph Thompson. He's over, you know, he's over at the Cortex. Uh, oh, yeah, Ralph's Cortex. Great yeah, yeah. He missed my party on Saturday. So, Ralph, if you're watching. Ralph, you, you missed were, the party. You are supposed to be there. But I'll be at your party for Christmas. <laughs> right, right. I just he sends, he sends about three notices a week. So, anyway, if anybody else has any other questions and we may have missed it, feel free to reach out again. This is Money Mondays with uh, Artist Keith. Follow us at Artist Keith at Facebook. Also follow uh, JP at Only One, uh, Only One JP CEO on Instagram. And, uh, again, we're rolling this into a podcast, so you'll be able to see a lot of these discussions that we've had in the podcast. You can also go back and look at uh, the Money Mondays group uh, and look at some of the previous episodes, everything from our uh, our blockchain Bitcoin discussion to uh, Kathy Conley-Jones talking about uh, risk mitigation. I know a lot of the ladies love to hear this. Uh, she had a, a, a phrase that she said, a man is not a plan. <laughs> and I got so many calls about that and so many messages because it, it was I told I told Kathy, I said, Kathy, you need to go ahead and make a t shirt. A man is not a plan. And and she really had a great discussion about the topic of planning for uh your career and your personal life. And I don't know if you know Kathy, but she's 
been in the insurance. I'm ready to buy that T-shirt. I'm telling you, she's been in the insurance business for over 25 years and offices in St. Louis and Chicago, and she's been super successful, but she really had a real heart-to-heart with people watching. So, at any rate, thank you for watching, and we will um, be back soon. Have a good afternoon, evening. Bye. If I can just hit the finish button, and the finish button goes off.